Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. I'm your host, Jacob, along with my co-host, Tyler. Um, here we are, Tyler. Week 11. We're getting very close to the end of the season. You're a few weeks away uh, for some big games. My favorite game of the year we'll be talking about in a few weeks. Um, so it um, it's really a good time for a lot of ranked matchups, some upsets, some crazy things happen. Last weekend had some, some uh, interesting finishes to some games. Um, some turned out for the better for the ranked teams. It showed up that they decided to show up in the second half and some were just where teams that were in the top 25 that really didn't belong there. Um, after their performance this past weekend, getting into this weekend, of course we go to our AP top 25 risers and followers as always, Tyler, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I'm going to go for one of the hottest teams in the country, Oklahoma state. I mean, this was a team uh, that, that really struggled. And we also talked about them uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, they lost to South Alabama pretty handily. Uh, we didn't know if, you know, this was going to be the year that Oklahoma state and Mike Gundy part ways. So that's pretty much uh, down the drain as Oklahoma state now really in the driver's seat. If they can really win out, uh, they can go to the big 12 championship, probably face off against uh, Texas was a big win in Bedlam. Uh, it was definitely uh, probably going to be the last time that we see it. Uh, so, you know, for Oklahoma State to be the last winner of it, they could have bragging rights until they see Oklahoma again, which we don't know when that's going to be. Uh, but you sit at number 15 uh, in the college football playoff poll, uh, and then also you're working your way up. You're also number 15 uh, in the in the AP poll. You go from the underranks uh, to the ranks. So uh, Oklahoma State, one of the hottest teams in the land. So give me the pokes as my risers. Yeah, it's one of those where – you make a good point with Oklahoma State there, you know, them kind of being in the driver's seat as that number two team in the Big 12 championship. Um, I don't think that we can, like, pen in Texas, like, for the end of the season because if Texas does lose, there's a chance that um, Kansas, who's directly, almost directly behind uh, Oklahoma, you know, has a chance in order to to be that team in in the Big 12 championship. And Oklahoma's not out of it either, believe it or not. I mean, you could see a rematch in the Big 12 title with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. 
um, if Texas does lose a game because OU has the head to head there, you know, so there's some some things that can happen there uh, before the end of the season. For me, for my riser, um, you know, it's super tough because I'm going to go with Utah. It's been an up and down season all over creation. I know they're seven and two. A um, couple of ranked wins, a couple of losses that are interesting losses, just just bad losses. And it's a team that struggled with injury for a lot of the season without camp rising most of the year. So, you know, you can't really fault them when it when it comes to, you know, having to make the changes in order to win football games. And, and it, they've come around with it. And, and I think on large part, the reason they've moved up five spots is because of some teams that have fallen off behind them. You know, Missouri falls down. Uh, OU falls down. LSU falls down. Notre Dame falls 10 spots. You know, so so there's some things there that are boosting them and putting them up in the rankings a little further there. Um, but for me, I think that they're still a polished team. I think they're still a good football team. They won't be in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, this year, more than likely, but uh, still uh, a ranking at 13 isn't bad at all. Yeah, so now we'll go on to our fallers, and man, I hate to do this. I've been riding with this team, and they just let me down. I got to go with Air Force. I mean, I did not see them losing this pretty handily to Army. I mean, Army really controlled this the line of scrimmage. They were able to, to really shut down Air Force. Uh, so, uh, you know, Air Force still has a chance uh, to claim the Mountain West, uh, but for the New Year's six chances, that's pretty much out the door. I mean, right now, the the highest group of five uh, is Tulane. Uh, they're sitting at number 20, uh, so it's looking like Tulane. We're probably going to see them again in the New Year's six. Uh, so for uh, the hopes of the New Year's six, uh, that went out the door with the lost army. Uh, so going from 17 to the unranked uh, is definitely not what you want to see if you're an Air Force fan. Yeah, definitely not for them. I know both of us were really high on what they had done this season, undefeated season, going in a mile high last weekend and only putting up three points. I think they got the bad juju from playing a mile high. Um, so I, I definitely think that they're still a very good football team, definitely. I mean, 8-1 and one is nothing to sneeze at. They are definitely a really good football team. Um, for me, I think the team – is pretty obvious within the AP top 25 that I have to take. And it's Notre Dame's fallen 10 spots after losing two and 500, uh, four and four Clemson team. Granted they're on the road. Clemson hasn't lost a home game in 36 games. And, and, but the thing is, is Clemson's been so terrible this year that it, it was almost like Notre Dame could go in and cover the spread and come in and, and win this football game and show that, you know, they're still a really good football team with the loss to Ohio State, who's the number one team in the country. You know, it, they're okay. Well, now they fall into seven and three, um, and they'll stay down there in the lower half of the top 25 probably the rest of the regular season uh, and through the playoff. They'll get a bowl game. But I, I think for them to finish the season nine and three, Coming in with Sam Hartman as a graduate quarterback, I think they missed their mark. I honestly think that, you know, hopes were high for everybody, you know, within that that program for most of the season and thinking that that team was going to be a playoff team. And it's shown that late in the season they fell apart and it's just turnovers have destroyed them. And, I mean, Sam Hartman's a 
decent quarterback, but at the end of the day, turnovers is going to kill you. Pick sixes. I mean, it's just that's your kryptonite in an eight-point loss uh, to Clemson on the road. So, yeah, tough to see them uh, bouncing back. They're going to win their next two games. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but a disappointing end of the season for for the Irish. Uh, moving to our next reaction here, and it's the CFB Top 25. Um, the CFB Top 25 reaction came out on Tuesday night. Um, interesting things have happened outside of the Top 10, um, but that's about it. We'll work our way up um, really I'll, I'll say one through eight has stayed the same. Uh, Ole Miss and Penn State at nine and ten now. They've both moved up one spot as a result of Notre Dame falling down and switching places with a couple of other teams. Um, Tyler, for you, I mean, what's the biggest surprise for you, I guess, inside the top ten that we didn't have any movement uh, for the most part? If there's any surprises there that – that really shocked you not really i mean i knew that there was going to be much movement we didn't really see any upsets i mean if i would have thought that probably alabama would have moved up the spot uh but i definitely get it the head-to-head over uh, texas i definitely think that texas should be ahead of them uh oregon and washington i think that's going to play itself out you know washington definitely uh, beat them but if you've been looking the last couple of weeks oregon been looking like the better football team uh so you know I obviously don't agree with Ohio State being at number one. I mean, they can, can continue to struggle week in and week out, especially against Rutgers. Georgia, on the other hand, beat a, a very good Missouri team. Uh, you know, Missouri only dropped two spots in the college football playoff poll, uh, so the committee respects them. Uh, so that's really my only gripe that's been, uh, you know, Georgia over Ohio State. I honestly would also put Florida State over Michigan. Michigan really hasn't proven anything now you know in the next couple of weeks they can you know if they beat Penn State and if they beat Ohio State then honestly they could vault all the way up to the number one the way that the committee really looks at Ohio State and also Penn State uh, being the top 10 Uh, so really outside of that really no disagreements uh, with the top 10 I think they got it right for the most part sure yeah I agree for the most part um, with the top 25 there I do think Florida State's a better team than Michigan and Ohio State so for me yeah I, I honestly think that if I had a top four today um, with this situation I, I think honestly I would have gone Georgia one Florida State two then Ohio State and maybe Washington behind them I mean Michigan strength of schedule is 111th in the country. And, you know, they haven't played anybody And the old saying that their season starts when they play Penn State is true. I mean, it's every year that this is the case. This will be, I think, the last year that that'll be the case with a couple of teams coming in. And Michigan might get steamrolled by some teams out west um, because it's a different offense and their defense is going to be challenged. It's not up against Big Ten offense anymore. It's going to be against teams that throw the football. So you're going to have to have some good corners and some experienced corners. And that's been Michigan's downfall for the longest time is having good experienced corners. Uh, Defensive line is where their team thrives and getting to the quarterback, getting pressure up front, gets the quarterback a little antsy, gets rid of the ball, throws it, throws it out of bounds, turnovers, things like that. But some of these other teams are a little more balanced than that. It's going to be difficult for them to compete uh, defensively and get as many stops as they do now. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I honestly think that there's a couple of teams in there. Good for Arizona to get there in the, in the college football playoff at 21, coming from unranked. Um, North Carolina sneaking their way back in from unranked. Kind of a weird season for them. I think we thought they would be a lot higher with the success of Drake May last season and their overall success last year. Um, Tennessee kind of hanging out there in 13, kind of just riding the wave right now. It feels like, speaking of the wave, uh, eight and one, two lane, uh, down there quite a bit at 23. I think that honestly, I would have put them up a little higher knowing that they're going to be a New Year's six team. I mean, it's pretty much a lock that they're going to be the group of five representative. So we'll move them up a little bit. I think that they're, I think they're a far better team than Louisville. Like after watching Louisville the other day, it's just, uh, yikes. Uh, that was atrocious game to watch. And, you know, the fact that Virginia gives them a run for their money, you know, is, is really just a testament to Louisville not being prepared. And I just think that when it comes to situations like that, them being the second uh, ACC team there, I mean, they're going to get steamrolled by Florida State if they play like that. I mean, it's just one of those cases where it's not even going to be a fight uh, at the end of the day if they're going to give up 21 unanswered points to to Virginia, who's a 2-7 and seven football team, you know, in the third quarter of the game. It just completely swung the balance of that game. Luckily, Louisville really got the last shot at it with a deep touchdown. Um, some interesting calls at the end of the game that I thought was kind of weird. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was an interesting showing, interesting football game there. Um, getting into the meat and potatoes of week 11 now. Uh, now, that we're, now that we're past all that mess and everything that's happened there or what's not happened for the most part, uh, let's jump into our ACC game of the week. Miami, the Hurricanes are going on the road in the state of Florida still over to Tallahassee to face off against the fourth-ranked Florida State Seminoles. Florida State is the two-touchdown favorite at home. Um, interesting thought here. I think this is going to be a really close football game. Miami brings something to the table that Florida State doesn't normally see, and that's Miami's not afraid to throw the football for the most part. They air it out there with with Van Dyke, and, and I think it's honestly a situation where Miami has nothing to lose, and they're going to go into this game and just try to play their best and try to beat a good Florida State team at home. And they'll keep it close. I think 14 points is about right uh, for this game. I think that's pretty close. I can see Miami losing this game by 10. The way Florida State's played the last couple of weeks just makes me feel iffy about how they're going to handle uh, Miami defensively. Yeah, I mean, Florida State coming off of a – not so great a performance against Pittsburgh. I mean, only 24 points. And a week ago, a Notre Dame team put up 51 on them. Uh, so they, I think that they were just sleepwalking in that game. They were looking forward uh, to Miami. Uh, but, yeah, Florida State is really has everything in front of them. You know, they're undefeated. They're pretty much a lock uh, to be in the ACC championship if they went out. You know, they still have to face off against Florida. Uh, at the Swamp, uh, so that's always going to be a tough environment uh, just because it's a rivalry game. This is also a rivalry game when both of these programs are really elite. Uh, this was one of the best uh, rivalry games in college football. Miami has really been a roller coaster ride. Uh, and, you know, they, they beat AM, and m and then they, a couple of weeks ago, they lose to Georgia Tech on a game that they shouldn't have lost, but they found a way to lose. Uh, and then, yeah, so this defense uh, really has to come to play. Florida State has playmakers. 
really on all three levels. You know, Jordan Travis, you know, he's still in the Heisman discussion uh, the way that it's going. And then you have Trey Benson. Benson really carried this Florida State offense. I mean, if it wasn't for Benson, I mean, Florida State would have won the Pittsburgh game like 14-7 to because there's really not outside of that. And then, you know, they got one of the best transfers in the country, Keon Coleman. Uh, so I honestly think that this line is about right, too. Wouldn't surprise me if Miami keeps this close for about a half. Uh, but I just think the really talent in for this game to be back at Duke Campbell in front of the home crowd is really going to help them. Uh, so I think that Miami keeps this one closed for about two quarters, and then you really see a Florida State team flex their muscles. You know, Tyler Van Dyke, he's got the – to put on because this offense, uh, if they want to even compete with this Florida State offense, this might have to get into a shootout because I just don't think that Miami's defense uh, will just have enough answers for Florida State. So I think that Florida State in the end cruises in this one. I'll say uh, 38 to 21. Yeah, yeah, that's probably about right. Um, I was going to say it's probably right around a 34-24 game. Um, I think it's probably a 10-point game at the end of the day, the way these teams will trade blows this weekend. Uh, moving away from this one, we'll go over to the Big 12. For West Virginia, the Mountaineers are headed to Norman, Oklahoma to face off against the Sooners. The Sooners are 17th in the country. They're a 13-point favorite at home. Um, interesting note about this game, West Virginia's kind of been so-so, and it's one of those situations where they're still alive and well, and I think – at six and three, it's a successful season for for West Virginia. You lose a game against Penn State to open the season. You're zero and one to start the season. From there on out, you know you've gone six and two uh, the rest of the way. So impressive for them to bounce back. Thirty seven to seven win over BYU. Uh, really steamrolling UCF, which I don't think anybody really saw in that situation down there in Florida. Um, really tough losses back to back really, and it was a loss to Houston on the road. You lose by two points in a shootout football game, and then you lose to Oklahoma State when you come back home by two touchdowns. I think that there was just a little bit of a lull in their season. They got going after the Penn State loss and really got moving. I think they're back on that train again. OU's a a 13, um, and I think it's one of the cases where being in Oklahoma, is West Virginia going to show up? I mean, this game's been really good in the past. Regardless of record, this game has been a really good football game. Um, so for me, I think West Virginia can keep it close. I think it can be a three-point football game. The Big 12 has been a crazy you know, conference this year when it comes to football games. Um, I think Oklahoma wins. I don't think they're going to run away with it by any means. Uh, I'm going to go 30 to 27. I think that's probably um, ballpark where I'm thinking of how this game finishes up. I just think that West Virginia is going to be able to keep it close. Oklahoma's defense has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Oklahoma in general hasn't looked good the past couple of weeks. You know, they started off hot. They got that win against Texas and then boom, lose back-to-back games uh, against Kansas and then Oklahoma State, uh, which is, you know, pretty good football teams in the Big 12. And like, like you mentioned, like outside of this game, there's not really much in the Big 12. You know, you got Texas and TCU this week. Maybe that could be a sneaky game, but Quinn Ewers will be back. And then you got Oklahoma State and UCF. Could that be a trap game for Oklahoma State? Oklahoma State coming off that high-powered win. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, this West Virginia team, you know, it's not easy going into Happy Valley. You know, they got humbled. Let's just say that. And then after that, they took their lumps, uh, and they really had a good stretch. And then after that, you know, they sit at 6-3. and three. 
technically they're still in the Big Twelve race, but uh, they're probably not going to go to Arlington. Uh, you know, they they got to beat Oklahoma first if they want to get there. Uh, so they got some work to do, uh, but you can still get a good bowl game. Uh, Neil Brown at the start of the season, I was hearing a lot of talk about him possibly being out the door in Morgantown. Uh, but I think that he saved his job. Uh, his team's playing uh, really well. You know, last year they they struggled with JT Daniels. Daniels is now at Rice, uh, so. They're, yeah, this offense has definitely been reeling, like you mentioned, 37-7 win against BYU. Definitely impressive. You know, BYU had a, a really strong start to the season. They were 5-2, and two, and then you get in the conference play and start playing the big boys, and then you're really like, hey, welcome to the Big 12, young fella. Uh, so I think that in the end, though, Oklahoma bounces back. Uh, if they lose three straight in a row, it would definitely be a horrendous 360 spin of how the season has gone. You know, you start off the season undefeated, and then boom, three losses and you're out of the college football playoff rankings. Uh, so in the end, they can still get a good bowl game. They're probably out of the New Year's six race right now. Just all the, the one loss teams ahead of them. And there's not really much weeks to really work around with. So I think that there will be a lot of offense. Both of these defenses, you know, have had their ups and downs. Oklahoma has to get it together, but I think that Dylan Gabriel and the boys uh, will, will step up strong, but I just don't see them covering this 13. I think that West Virginia is going to come into Norman. Uh, and the way that Oklahoma's been playing, I just don't know how this football team is going to be prepared this week. So I think that Oklahoma wins this one. I think that they survive in a 34-30 to 30 type shootout. Yeah. Uh, moving away from this one to the Big Ten, the best game of the weekend. Number three, Michigan. The Wolverines are a four-point favorite on the road at Penn State, who is number 10 in the country as they round out the top 10 for the college football playoff. Uh, game in Happy Valley here, tough environment, although it's an 11 a.m. game for us, uh, noon kickoff uh, for this one here. I, I wish it was a night game. I, this game is definitely a lot better if it's a night game. Um, but situation is what it is. A lot of stuff going around the Michigan program uh, for the last few weeks, especially has been ramped up this week, early in the week. The lot going on in the Big Ten uh, as a whole with the commissioner and the NCAA and the allegations against Michigan for their sign-stealing scandal. I, I honestly think um, we should hear something soon, uh, probably before this game. I think we'll probably hear something from the Big Ten, probably not the NCAA, uh, but we will see what happens and it's probably going to turn into a court case and this and that. It's going to go on forever. But to the football game here, um, you know – Michigan really, you know, 111th in the country in in your strength of schedule. Uh, haven't played anybody really, <laughs> and you know this is their first chance and and first opportunity to play a really good football team. Penn State, you know, is that eight and one football team that only losses to the number one team in the country right now. They're very much still in the Big Ten race. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly think offensively it'll be hard for Michigan to move the football against a Penn State team who's top four in the in the country in defensive uh, stops and in percentage defensively I, I honestly think that it's going to be a really tough test for them to stop the guys up front Penn State gets after it on the defensive line with Manny Diaz uh, as that D DC I honestly think that it's going to be tough for them to throw the football running the football I think is going to be Michigan's bread and butter in this football game um, and it's going to be a challenge for Penn State, Penn State to stop them in the linebacker position to stop Blake Corum. I think the offense is 
going to flow through Blake Corum uh, with the few passes to Roman Wilson. I think that's honestly Michigan's way to get out of this football game. As far as Penn State goes on the other side, you can't be afraid to throw the football. Air it out with Drew Alley. You're playing at home. Trust your guy. Um, and, and that's the biggest plus for them. Balance of run and pass. Nick Singleton and Katron Allen really haven't broken out this season. Is this the part? Is this the point in the season where they break out in that tandem running back situation there in, in their case? But I honestly think that this game uh, is going to be really good. Four points to Michigan. I'll give Penn State the outright win at home. I honestly think that they can win this football game. Uh, Michigan's given the four points because of their ranking and their situation. And with them thinking that J.J. McCarthy is a Heisman Trophy candidate and I think this is where we'll really find out, you know, who is what, who is what, who is like, it's really one of those things where uh, this will be the makeup of what the big 10 is yet to come in the rest of the season. So I honestly think Penn state wins this game. Mm, Let's go lower scoring than what normally is. I'm going to go 24 to 14. I think they can win by 10 in this one. Okay, yeah, I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. This is going to be pretty similar to the Penn State-Ohio State game. These are two really good defense going at each other, and I think that whoever wins the line of scrimmage will win this game. Ohio State was really able to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, So, yeah, there's some pretty good playmakers. You know, they got the one-two punch of Michigan with Quorum and Edwards, and then Penn State of Catron Allen and Nick Singleton. I mean, Penn State – I was really impressed with them last week. Scoring 51 points uh, in a route against Maryland, you could have easily just lay down on the like, look at it, like, oh, we got Michigan. This is just Maryland. We could just wake up. Nah, they wake up and chose violence on Saturday. They put up 51 points. So I think that they needed that performance. So I'm not saying that, like, hey, 51 points against Michigan, go for it. If you do that, then my gosh, Penn State is right back in the mix. So, yeah, this is a must win for Penn State. If they want to get back to Indy and they also have to root for Michigan to beat Ohio State to, to cause a three-way tiebreaker. I haven't really looked at the three-way tiebreaker to see who would win in that. I will have to look like off, like off the air to see like who would win that. I have no idea what it would go down to, uh, maybe conference record or who you played. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this is definitely going to be a good performance. If, you know, J.J. McCarthy is that Heisman candidate like he is, the stats doesn't really show it to me. But this could definitely be a Heisman moment if he could have a big game. I hate it that it's at 11 a.m. Penn State always struggles, it seems, in the 11 a.m. games, and they already burned their wideout game on Iowa, which was so stupid. They should have just put the wideout on this game. Uh, they definitely uh, ruined that moment. Uh, but I think it's definitely going to be a fun environment. I'm sure uh, everyone going to the game is excited for this one. Uh, they get excited, and then James Franklin lets them down and because they always lose the big games. But I'm going to give them a second chance. Uh, I picked Penn State to make it to the playoff uh, and win the Big Ten. Uh, so I'm not going to be a cop-out and pick Michigan just because they're undefeated and they're ranked number three and Penn State already has a one loss. Uh, so I am going to go with Penn State. Uh, I, get, I think they, they get the big victory at home. At least, honestly, if they even go 11-1 and one and don't make it to the Big Ten Championship, I can still see a path to them because, like I mentioned, Ohio State, by the committee, they're like the greatest football team that ever lived, the way that they've been talking them up. Uh, so I think that Penn State wins this one in a very low-scoring game, not much offense. I'll say 21-17, to 17, I think that Penn State covers that four. I think that Michigan getting the four is pretty respective. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to see if Michigan's a really good football team or not because this is their first test of the season. We're in the second weekend of November, which is pretty sad. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a sold-out game already, you know, and it's it's very uh, very tough to see Michigan running away with a football game like this on the road at Penn State. They really never have. Um, they have a losing record, actually, under Harbaugh at Penn State. Um, so Penn State does have the upper hand at home when it comes to this game. Likewise, the other direction in Ann Arbor. Um, so home field advantage is huge in this football game in the past in the series. Uh, so we will see what happens from both of these teams this weekend in State College. Moving to the Pac-12 over here. Tough, interesting football game. Um, number 18, Utah. They're on the road to Washington to face off against the fifth-ranked Huskies, who are the nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Interesting line here with this one. Utah, they could be the spoiler of the season right here. Uh, this weekend, they could really go in and shake up everything in the Pac-12, or they could really align things in the Pac-12, and it could make it really clear on who the team is to represent the Pac-12 for the most part. Um, if Utah comes into this game against Washington and wins this football game, uh, clear-cut Oregon is the team for the Pac-12 at that point. Um, and, and Utah would have the head-to-head against Washington, uh, but there would need to be another loss in there potentially for Washington, and I just don't see that happening. I think they could be a one-loss football team, um, but you lose to the number 18 team in the country, and a lot can happen. You, I mean, you could fall a decent ways uh, in a nine-and-a-half-point favorite game. So for this one, I think Utah can keep it close. The offense is going to run through Michael Penix for Washington. If he does not have a good game, this will be a very close football game. Utah's defense is way better than Oregon's defense, in my opinion. Uh, the only reason Oregon is where they are is because of their offense with Bo Nix. Um, so for Utah, I honestly think they can keep it really close. I think it's a one- or two-point game. I think they can cover it easily in this one. I don't see Washington running away with this football game. Um, I'm going to go 31-30, and I'll give it to Washington, but it's going to be a really close one. Utah wins those close games a lot, um, but Washington will hold on, and I don't think they're going to hold their number five ranking. I think that they could switch spots with Oregon after this weekend and do a flip. Um, and depending on what happens in that Penn State and uh, you know Michigan game, I honestly think that they could fall further uh, if something does result from that game. Yeah, it could definitely. So, uh, yeah, this is a big one uh, for the Pac-12 race in Washington. Uh, they just got to keep on winning uh, for the Pac-12 uh, so, because they got Oregon uh, nipping at their heels and waiting for them in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, but, you know, both of these teams just faced off against Arizona State. One team blew them out and one team struggled. I wonder if you can guess what that is. Utah just put up 50 points on Arizona State. With a backup quarterback. Like, we haven't seen Cam Rising. We probably won't see Cam Rising for the rest of the season, the way that it's going, which ultimately sucks. If Cam Rising was probably playing, then this would probably be an undefeated football team. I mean, this would be a team that could probably be in Washington shoes, and we would be talking about Utah. But we haven't really talked about Utah as much as we did in previous years, but there's still a team that can come on you and beat you. Uh, but, yeah, Washington, like I mentioned, they've been a team that's been struggling and struggling and struggling. I mean – they had to put up 52 points on USC to, to survive in that one. So their defense has really been reeling. Uh, I think that Utah, that what they need to do, their offense, is really just control the tempo in this one. Uh, 
keep Michael Penix off of the field. I think that Utah's defense, they'll be able to have some answers, but Washington's offense is going to be able to score. I just don't think that Utah's offense uh, has the opportunity to really get into a high-scoring shootout. So that's why I'm saying I think that they need to keep them off the field. That nine and a half to me, I just don't really see it. Utah coming into this one, I know it's a hostile environment uh, in Washington. Uh, I picked uh, Utah to pull off the upset alert. I think it can happen uh, for the sake of this show. I will pick uh, Washington to uh, escape with another victory like they've had in the next couple of weeks, uh, but they won't be able to escape anymore as their next road trip will be at Oregon State. So that's going to be a fun environment to play in. And then you have Washington State uh, to finish off the season. You'll probably get Oregon the Pac-12 championship. The way that Oregon has just been beating teams with a pole. I mean, they just beat Cal 63-19 to the 19 or something like that. They just, like – playing the freshman mode over here on NCAA. Uh, so I think that Washington wins this one is pretty close. I'll go uh, 33-30. I think that uh, Utah would bring the offense, uh, look for their running back to really explode. He had a big game against Arizona State. Uh, so I really want to see the upset. I tried uh, picking against Washington. It's like my picking against TCU every week uh, last year and didn't work. Uh, so I'll go with Washington. So maybe if I pick Washington, uh, we'll probably see an upset. Because I want to see an upset. It's been too less chaos. Chaos needs to happen. I mean, come on. Like, there's just too many one-loss teams. There's too many undefeated teams. Somebody has to lose. Yeah, somebody's going to lose there in the top uh, six or seven there. So I honestly think it's going to happen uh, this weekend. It's setting up for it. Interesting take on Bryson Barnes. I think he's going to be a transfer quarterback after the end of the season. I honestly think he can be a starter at a program that's kind of a middle of the road program. Um, so great to see his success with Utah and what he's done in that offense. And uh, he's a fantastic young quarterback and, and I think he's going to get an opportunity somewhere. I don't know if it's at Utah or somewhere else, but He's a very good young quarterback who's not afraid to take off. Reminds me of a Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, in college type thing. And he's just young right now and just hasn't gotten the exposure yet. But some great performances by him already this season for him to keep his team at seven and two is very impressive as a backup quarterback. Um, moving away from this one to the Big Bad SEC. The number nine Ole Miss Rebels are headed to Athens, Georgia to face off against the second ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is the 11 point favorite at home. Um, I, I like this game a lot. And the reason I like this game a lot is because Georgia hasn't faced off against an offensive team yet this season. This is their opportunity to face off against a pretty offensive, a good offensive powerhouse uh, in the SEC. Defensively, Ole Miss is 11th in the conference uh, in defense in the SEC. This is where it will hurt them. Now, if they show up and get stops, they can stay in this football game. Um, Georgia playing at home is a different animal, though. I think Georgia wins this game. I think they win it by 10. I think Ole Miss can cover the 11. Um, I think they can win it by 10. I don't think it's a runaway game, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to trade blows or anything. I'm going to go 27-17 and give it to the Bulldogs at home. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a big one. Uh, I mean, if Ole Miss, their SEC West chances are probably out the door because Alabama ain't going to lose to Kentucky, and they're not going to lose at Auburn. I'll tell you that. Uh, so 
But I think that Ole Miss still has an outside shot at the college football playoff. If you really look at their resume, the resume is starting to build up. They're really their only loss is to Alabama, which is the top 10 team right now. And if they just keep on winning and winning, I mean, they're going to probably be a top 17. If they beat a team like Georgia, especially at Georgia, I mean, honestly, the SEC might have any good chances. And they still, you know, I think that the SEC is probably the best conference to get two teams in the college football playoff. Really the only path for that is either Ole Miss winning out and beating Georgia or if Alabama beats Georgia because that's the only scenario. Obviously, the Big Ten is probably your second-best conference because you have a three-horse race uh, between Ohio State, Penn State, and and, uh, Michigan. But if Penn State loses, then they're out the door, and then it's pretty much Ohio State and Michigan up for grabs. So, you know, there's going to be, you know, the next couple of weeks are really going to decide this college football playoff race. Uh, So this is definitely a big one. Georgia coming off uh, of not so dominant performance against Missouri. You know, I thought that they're going to dominate Missouri. Uh, but man, if you haven't watched Missouri, they're one of the most underrated teams. Uh, it would not shock me if they get to the 10 win mark. They have to beat Tennessee this weekend to get that. Uh, but Ole Miss last time they, they played a really good defense. They only scored 10 points and that was against Alabama. Georgia's defense is pretty similar to Alabama's defense. They're secondary. It's really good. Everything is really good. I mean, they just keep on reloading. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, is going to have to play the game of his life if they want to knock down Georgia. Like you mentioned, Ole Miss's defense has really been shaky. They just led uh, Max Johnson in Texas A&M's offense, that offense that's really haven't had an identity the past couple of weeks, scored 35 on them. So that was definitely not a good look. Uh, you needed to build some momentum heading into this. Uh, so, I think this is just going to be another typical uh, this is going to be close that they have, and then Georgia just storms back and, and wins this football game. Uh, so I'll go uh, – I think Georgia scores in the 30s. I mean, if Texas A&M could do it, Carson Beck and this Georgia offense could do it too. So give me 35 to 24. I probably wouldn't touch that 11 line if I was a betting man. I think that either – this is going to be close or it's going to be a Georgia blowout. So I probably wouldn't touch this one. Uh, so we'll see if there's a shakeup in the SEC. I mean, if Ole Miss beats Georgia, I mean, this is definitely going to create some chaos, but I just don't see it. Georgia wins this one pretty convincingly. Yeah, heading out of the Power Five to our group of five, over to the Sun Belt Fun Belt as usual. Interesting game here. Texas State on the road. They're headed to Conway, South Carolina to face off against Coastal Carolina. Uh, Texas State's the two and a half on the road. That's it's a little wild. Both of these teams, six and three. They're both second in their division. Um, of course, Coastal's first in their division because, well, JMU is not able to play in the Sun Belt Championship once again because of their movement to the Sun Belt to uh, Division One and all that mess and joined in a conference. So, Coastal, you know, who's a team that was last week when we talked about them, I think I mentioned them. They were they weren't on anybody's radar really to be up there in the division, you know, to lead that division. So I'm surprised that they've turned it around. They're six and three right now. Texas State six and three. No clear cut person taking it away other than JMU. I mean, uh, so I, I think that this game's going to be really close. Coastal's at home. What's transpired the last couple of weeks makes me think that. Texas State's going to win this football game, I feel like. Their performance against Georgia Southern really, really, really weighs heavy on me because they win that game 45-24 to 
at home against Georgia Southern, who is a really good football team. Georgia Southern has played well this season um, and really turned their program around big time. So I think Texas State, the two and a half, I think that's about right. I'll give them the cover. I think they can win by three uh, at Coastal and really shake things up in the Sunbelt Conference there, at least for Coastal's division. Uh, even if Texas State wins this football game, they'll still be second uh, in the division with Troy leading the way there. Uh, so, yeah, give me Texas State to win this one on the road. I think that they can do it. Uh, I'm going to go – let's go oh, – Sunbelt's funky. Like, you know, it's just weird, weird football. So um, let's go 42-39 in a wild, like weird-looking game. <laughs> yeah, the Sunbelt fun belt, man. I mean, I, it, we cannot go a full season without talking about them. This is one of the best group of five conferences uh, in the nation. And free JMU, that's all I got to say. I mean, this is an undefeated football team. They're a men's basketball team. They just knocked out number four, Michigan State. I mean, this is the best dang program in the group of five right You should have seen their game last night. Holy. Yeah, yeah. Double State, overtime? Say what? Had like a 30-plus game winning streak at home, and they had to storm back in overtime. It's like, I, I mean, I get that they were probably going to struggle with Kent State because you're coming off that emotional victory at Michigan State. In front of Tom Izzo, one of the legendary coaches of college basketball, and then you go on the road <laughs> to Kent State in front of probably like not even a thousand people. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that uh, yeah, JMU, if you want to buy stock in them, buy stock in them now before March when they're a 13 seed and your team's facing off against them, they get boat raced in the first round of the March Madness. Uh, so yeah, that's all I gotta say. Free JMU, screw the NCAA for this stupid rule. Same thing for Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State's been absolute dogs in the Conference USA, along with Liberty, who's 9-0, and and they're not even ranked. So, yeah. all right. Uh, so, going into this one, uh, yeah, I think that Texas State, Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina, if they went out, they'll be back in the comp- in the Conference Championship. And guess who has a face off against Troy? Last year, they got boat raced against Troy in the Sunbelt Championship, so we could definitely see that again. Uh, Texas State, I think that they're pretty much out of it. I think that Troy's pretty much a lock at this point. I don't really see the Trojans losing. They've really gone through their gauntlet. Uh, TJ Finley, he's been cooking for this offense. Uh, Grayson McCall, he's on his 10th year at Coastal Carolina, it seems, and he's still throwing the foosball over there for Coastal Carolina. So, yeah, this is going to be a good game, uh, but there's two things that you never pick against. You don't pick against uh, Boise State on their blue field, and you don't pick against Coastal Carolina on their teal field. So give me Coastal Carolina to pull off the upset in this one. They're both 6-3, but Texas State's the road favorite. Uh, so, yeah, like this, like you said, it's going to be wacky. So give me a lot of offense, 45-42, the Chanticleers get it done. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game there in the Sun Belt. Fun Belt, of course, we close out this week. Here with week 11 best bets. Um, Tyler, what's your best bet in a, maybe a bonus bet of, of the weekend? Or two. Yeah, I think that this one, this line is just, I have no idea what Vegas is thinking. This is just too low. Oklahoma State, 7-2, and two, riding eye off of Bedlam. UCF, I swear, they are the most bipolar team in college football. They can... <laughs> Put up 40 points one week and just lay down a stinker the next week. Uh, so I think that this is one of their stinker games. Oklahoma State and Ollie Gordon, I think that he's going to run for 250 on this defense. Uh, the way that Ollie Gordon has been 
has been running. I mean, buy stock in Ollie Gordon, too, because going in the next year, this man can be on the Heisman Trophy race. Uh, so I'm going to ride with the Pokes. I mean, Mike Gundy, you never bet against the, those boys. Uh, so give me Oklahoma State to cover that one pretty easily, two and a half. I honestly would feel confident to bump it up a little bit. Yeah, um, for me, my first bet um, – I'll go over to. I'll stay in the Big Twelve uh, in in this one, and I'm going to go with Texas Tech in Kansas. The line there is four to Kansas. They're playing at home in Lawrence. Four is too low for me. I think I, I just don't. Texas Tech isn't the spoiler team of the year anymore. Really, this season, uh, I think Kansas gets it done by more than four. Give me Kansas to cover the four points and win this game at home. Um, I think that's pretty clear cut that the 16 team in the country, seven and two, they're facing off against a four and five Texas tech team who has also had a very bipolar season. Um, I think that the Jayhawks get it done pretty handily. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking down this one. There's definitely someone I'm going to go to the sec. I, I think that this is a battle of seven and two teams, you know, 13 and 14, Tennessee's been riding high. Uh, Missouri coming off that very physical game against Georgia. But I think that they get the bounce back. I think that let's go money line. We might as well just go out ride it. It's just a minus two. So if you really want to make some profit on this game, I would go with Missouri outright. I think this could definitely be an offensive slugfest. You know, you, you got Jalen Wright on one side. You got Cody Schrader. And they got Luther Burden. They're just so much offensive talent on this one, both defenses. I've been up and down this season, so it would be like a 34-31 type of game. wouldn't surprise me. But I think coming back at home in front of the home crowd, definitely going to be a raucous environment. Uh, so I think that Missouri uh, gets this one done on their way to a 10-2 season. And Eli Drinkwitz would definitely be my vote for SEC Coach of the Year. Yeah, definitely. He has to be the SEC Coach of the Year uh, for me at this point in the season. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to head it over to the pack of sack um, of the Pac-12. I think the SC and Oregon game here, Oregon is the favorite by a whopping 15 and a half. They are playing at Autzen Stadium. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think SC can keep it within 15 and a half. I don't think that's going to be too hard. A lot of their games have been close this year. Every game has been close. Their game against Washington was back and forth and back and forth. So it, it even with them not being ranked anymore at seven and three, I think they can keep it close. Give me SC to cover the 15 and a half on the road uh, at Oregon. I think they can do it um, and stay somewhat close and make it a dogfight. Make Oregon earn it make them earn it at home yeah we'll see uh, where usc is i mean you got three losses uh you know what's kale williams uh thinking of you know you had, going into the season you wanted to be a college football playoff you were in the heisman discussion that's pretty much out the door uh, and you're probably going to be landing to the two teams that you saw on thursday night in that wackadoo game between the panthers uh, and the bears or you might go to the cardinals who knows what's going on there it's going to be the tank city for like three of those teams uh, so uh, I'll give you one more uh, before we close things out. This is prime time in the ACC. Usually this is a great rivalry on the hardwood, but now let's go to the gridiron. UNC is a 14, but UNC hasn't really blown out an opponent this whole entire season. And Duke, I know that without Ryan Leonard, uh, but if you really look, 
I mean, their backup quarterback, when he came in, he was pretty dang good. Uh, so I think that Duke's defense uh, will definitely be the story in this one. North Carolina, they don't have a defense. They're, their defense really started off strong, but once they faced off against Georgia Tech and mighty old Virginia, they struggled. I mean, mighty old Virginia just keeps on fighting. You know, they barely lost uh, to Louisville. They beat North Carolina. Uh, so Virginia could be one of those teams next year that could definitely be a sneaky team in the ACC that we keep talking about. Uh, so – Let's go Duke to cover uh, that plus 14. I just don't see uh, North Carolina just steamrolling over the Blue Devils. I think that North Carolina wins, uh, but I think Duke covers that. I'm even going out on a whim here. I think Duke can win it outright, even being a 14-point underdog. That'd be a preview of what we've seen in March. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I honestly think Duke can win it. Duke is a good football team, like you mentioned, with their backup quarterback. I think they can get it done. I think UNC is overvalued still. Uh, even with them as low as they are, I, it's hard to see them as a ranked team right now with their defense as atrocious as they are. Uh, back to the drawing board for them. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, going to be a good few games, a lot of good games that we talked about in this show uh, for this weekend. So, folks, of course, 11-11 this weekend. It is Veterans Day. Uh, so thank you to all of the veterans out there for your service. We appreciate it all of your service on what you do for this great country uh and folks enjoy it have a good time sit down have a good one on uh this holiday weekend and enjoy some football and uh we might see some shakeups i'm hoping we see some shakeups so we can talk about it next week uh in our ap rises and followers and our college football playoff which will come out next tuesday uh folks so enjoy your veterans day uh and have a good one we will see you guys for week 12